Section C. Continuity of Christian Philosophy Even before St. Thomas, there was already a trend to separate faith, revelation, from reason, philosophy, especially under the influence of Arab philosophers. After his death, this tendency was intensified with the nominalist and voluntarist philosophies of the 14th and 15th centuries. The crisis came in the 16th century with the Protestant revolt. Luther said that human nature has been totally corrupted by original sin, and therefore human reason is incapable of reaching the truth and has to rely on blind faith. This apparent exaltation of faith leads in fact to its downfall since, as we have said, philosophy is the handmaid of theology. Theology needs philosophy as a helper. The Protestant rejection of philosophy and reason and human nature removes the ground wherein the faith is supposed to take root and blossom forth. This tendency obtains a philosophical formulation, although now with reason rejecting faith, with René Descartes. This philosopher, who lived in the first half of the 17th century, formulated a philosophy of pure reason without faith. While Luther had said only faith, Descartes said, only reason. But in both cases, there is a separation of faith from reason to the detriment of both. Faith, without reason, eventually develops into fideism, a heresy also condemned by the church in the 19th century. On the other hand, Descartes provides the starting point for another heresy, condemned by the church in the 19th century, rationalism, or the rejection of everything supernatural i.e., above human nature or human reason. From the 16th century onwards, Western thought has consequently developed largely along those lines, with many immanentistic philosophies giving rise to heresies when applied to the Christian faith. See chapters 21, section J, and 47, section B. All modern heresies have been occasioned by those philosophies spawned by the separation of faith and reason. This illustrates that reason needs faith all the time. Reason easily goes astray when it rejects the guidance of the faith. But, on the other hand, faith comes to enlighten reason, not just irrational or subrational feelings. Now, parallel to those philosophies and those heresies, there has been a development of Christian philosophy. The teaching authority of the Church has pointed out that its peak was reached with St. Thomas, but this does not mean that this philosophy is a closed system. It is intrinsically open because it looks at reality, not at the human consciousness of reality. And since reality is immense, this philosophy is always open to further insights as long as it remains faithful to its principles, its congenital and methodical realism. In fact, not a few aspects of philosophy have been developed after St. Thomas following his mind, for example, in political philosophy, which has developed in the 19th century, especially through the celebrated encyclicals of Pope Leo XIII. He and subsequent popes have been able to develop a Christian philosophy on man and the state, human rights, social justice, and so forth, in the light of revelation, going well beyond St. Thomas, although following his principles. This is due to the new situations to which they have been exposed, such as the modern totalitarian state 
and the accelerated growth in communications. One thing, however, happened in the process that some of the basic insights of St. Thomas, especially in metaphysics, which is the most nuclear part of philosophy, got lost. A good number of so-called Thomists have not been totally and completely faithful to the Master. That is why Pope Leo XIII, in the encyclical Aeterni Patris, 1879, which deals precisely with the philosophy of St. Thomas, also advocated a complete restoration of the study of St. Thomas in his original sources, rather than in the commentaries and writings on him. The idea was to recover the real St. Thomas as a way of counteracting the many errors due to having neglected him. It was then Leo XIII who in 1879 started this new period in the history of the Church, the restoration of St. Thomas Aquinas. The proliferation of doctrinal errors in the 20th century indicated that this restoration is still only in the process of being achieved and has encountered enormous opposition, not only outside, but inside the Catholic world. In the course of our discussion, we shall have many occasions to verify the reasons for this opposition and to cast some light on the problem.